This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Xiao Ik. It's our Ask a Psychologist show today with consultant clinical psychologist Paul Jambunathan. And we hope to bring you a fun-filled discussion today. We will be discussing um, the effect of laughter and humour on our mental and physical well-being. What do you think of that topic, Paul? How are you? (laughs) (laughs) What a funny topic! Yeah, well, I hope some people don't end up crying over it, but... It is a very serious to- topic. Mm-hmm. Um, those those involved in laughter, uh, people who are involved on stage, comedians, and not not just comedians, even the the, tech, the, the crew behind the comedians. You know, um, ev- so many people are involved in laughter. Parents making the children laugh. Um, it's laughter is serious business. I've, I've said my byline already. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try not to make it too <laughs> serious, too serious. Today. Uh, But you started off with laughter immediately uh, when I spoke about what we're discussing, even though I hadn't told you a joke. Yeah. So, so how do we do that? You know, sometimes we laugh when it's something genuinely funny. Sometimes we can make ourselves laugh. What makes us laugh? Super Paul? question. Super question. If you look at various human processes, um, like picking up a cup of coffee and drinking it, um, there are several processes involved in that action, and your biology is involved. Your muscles are involved. Your psychological state is involved. Your your um, mind is involved. You know, so many things are involved. Now, laughter is a behavior. And there's so many things about biologically involved in that behavior. There's something called psychobiology and physiology is involved too. So there's something called psychophysiology. So our hormones are involved. Our behavior is involved. I mean, our, our pitch and tone. Do I go, ha! Or watch this. I'm going to change my range. <laughs> wow, this number of muscles working in your throat. And some people, due to unfortunate circumstances, have lost the ability to laugh. All they can do is smile. You know? um, then our, our hormones are involved if you're happy or sad. Now, some people who are very sad just cannot feel like, they don't feel like laughing. But because they want to fit into a social setting, they can actually smile and say, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But then they turn off again. So it is a very complex, it's one of the more complex uh, uh, behaviors in, in human existence. And what's even more interesting is it transcends culture. Amazing. We all tend to make that kind of noise. Depending, of course, on our larynx and all that, we go, hee, or ha, 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 ha. Um, and it comes naturally, but it's so different, but it means the same. Hmm. Um, it, it can have different intentions, hmm. but we are laughing. All right. And what is the effect on us when we laugh? Because if you say it's a behavior, it seems like a response to something. Yeah. But I'm getting the sense it doesn't just stop there. <laughs> you see, I'm laughing now because as you said something, it is I'm responding mentally. And just because I see something, I don't choose to laugh or not. Okay, I'm triggered. 
if I break it down, of course, you can see the, the pathway of laughter. But I thought of something just now. I thought of how someone f did something funny, and in my head, I started laughing. I, I'm nowhere near, I'm hundreds of miles away from this person, but as it happened, I started laughing. So memory, long-term, short-term, observation, um, what triggers you? Are you in a fit state to laugh? Uh, so many factors. Mm. So many factors. Yeah. Uh, and, but is there a sort of feedback loop where after we've, you know, produced this response, uh, it has an impact on our yeah. feelings, uh, on our um, physiologically, our state uh, of being okay. as well? Yes. I don't want to get technical, but um, there are hormones that can trigger your laughter, hormones, muscles, perception. Now, if I, if I just blindfolded you, dumbfounded you and everything, you know, you had, if, if I took away all your senses and something happened around you, you may not be able to laugh at all because you're not aware of it. So you see, perceptions are involved. So you can actually see something, sense something. And along those lines, we have hormones that are triggered. And happy hormones are triggered. Anger hormones are triggered. So you, some, somebody laughs at you tripping and falling and somebody else says, hey, don't laugh. La. Two totally different emotions triggered by the hormones that are, are gushing because of an observed event. Mm. Yeah, so, so people choose. You choose. And it's actually not really a conscious choice. It is very much an unconscious practice, a response. Mm. You hear so much about um, laughter being good for us. Yes. Uh, can it actually have uh, effects on our um, well-being? You know, uh, I, I read this pretty famous experiment. Or, yeah, it, it was an experiment that a journalist did on himself. Mm. Um, this journalist named Norman Cousins, right. who was diagnosed with um, very painful chronic condition. Uh, but he prescribed his own therapy of watching funny TV shows. And this was right. in the days of Laurel and Hardy and Marx Brothers. Oh, I love them. Ten minutes of laughter a day, he said, gave me two hours of pain-free sleep. Mm. Now, what's the link there? Uh, that's, a, that's a neurobiological link. I'm not going to step too far into it. But the link that I'm certainly aware of is that it generates endorphins. It generates happy hormones. But for me... What it generates is this, for him to be able to laugh over and above his pain, he must now be, he perceives his pain, but he now has to perceive something above that pain to trigger non, a non-pain response. And he's now, he's now developing an automatic pathway whereby when he's in pain, he sort of triggers into that into that pathway and says, I know how to feel better. I can seek out different things. It's not that he has to go and seek out Laurel and Hardy, but his brain pathway is triggered where he can look out for something else by ignoring the pain. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he trains his mind. Ah, I see. So let's look a little bit at what makes us laugh because you gave some examples of um, when someone falls down, some people may find it funny, some people may not. So that's sort of laughing at someone's misfortune, maybe. Uh, so oh, so yeah, yeah, let, yeah. let's explore that a little bit. You know, um, different things make 
different people laugh. We find different things funny or humorous, right? Okay. Yes, apart from brain trauma or, or mental health trauma, we have people who, who are thinking about things and laugh to themselves. Um, when we're walking uh, and you see a dog, you know, having a wee-wee by a, by a man's foot, you look at it and say, oh, that's broken certain laws. I wonder what's going to happen. And then you laugh. And it's, it's how your perception um, kicks in and expectation. You expect something to happen. You expect the bride to bring in the cake nicely and then she slips and falls. And if it's acceptable enough, yes, you laugh or cry. You choose. Okay. Um, you know, there are different styles uh, of humour or we talk about how somebody has a certain sense of humour meaning the kinds of funny comments they may make to elicit laughter or what they may laugh at, right? Do you want to talk a little bit about these different senses or styles of humour? Yeah, there's, um, I might crack a little joke with you. We're meeting for the first time and I, I, might, I might crack a joke with you and say, Hi, my name is Paul Jambunathan. If you have difficulty yet remembering my name is Jambu as in the fruit Jambu, so you call me Jambu. You may not know whether to laugh or not. Mm -hmm. Okay? But I say, you know, you can laugh at this. And then there's a laughter. Laughter you know, follows that. And it's that's a kind of way I am putting myself down, playing with my name, and developing a bond. If, I'm, if I meet a baby for the first time, what am I most likely to do? Most likely. Now, I'm not going to talk about Manchester United. But if I have a little baby, I'm going to talk about, hello, goochie, 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 tickle, tickle. You get that laughter and that's another bonding laughter. The, the baby has this wonderful physiological response. Ah, and then they look at this face. This face is associated with this kind of stuff. Then you have, you have disrespectful laughter. People who laugh at the misfortune of other people because it's, it's, it's racist. Put down laughter. Uh, recently something happened. Somebody was making fun of someone else who, who had a disability and they were laughing at his his gait, mm. basically. And an attempt at trying to, to wind it up, I cracked a joke and they were cra cracking jokes, putting him down. Then I cracked a joke and said, Macha, this fella can do break dance better than you guys. La. And then they started imitating him and laughing. And then I spent some time with him and then she chatted. But the, the guys walked away. So that was put down laughter with bonding laughter and appreciation and diffusion as well. So many little things have happened because of that laughter. So um, no one walks into it thinking, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, we have put down laughter in terms of people who are shy, you know, hey, uh, listen, please book a flight for me, uh, but uh, I need the two seats uh, <laughs> because I'm a little bit, you know, <laughs> a little bit on the large side. So, hate me, put me down laughter to diffuse a potential situation mm. later on, mm. a potential uh, critical situation. Mm. Sort of like a self-effacing. Self-effacing. Self, um, yeah, uh, ex exactly. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we, we laugh at life. Absurd situations, right? Absurd Something that's situations. so 
so uh, unexpected, like you said earlier, unexpected. almost surreal. But what makes it abs- absurd? Uh? Mm. It's your expectation. Yes. You know, your 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 understanding of this is the norm. Yes. And then something abnormal happens and it, it fits in. But if you're always laughing at absurd situations where people are getting hurt, mm. it's like pathological laughter. And then you're branded as someone with different value systems and nobody's going to hang out with you. You know, you're breaking a social rule, unwritten social rule. We'll continue this conversation after a quick break. Consultant clinical psychologist Paul Jamunathan in the studio with me today. We're discussing laughter and humour and how it relates to our mental well-being. We'll be right back on Health and Living, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Shaik. It's our regular show with consultant clinical psychologist Paul Jamunathan. He's in the studio with me and today we're chuckling over the subject of laughter and humour and how that's linked to our psychology and uh, of course we want to look at how it affects our mental well-being. So considering there are different styles of humour as we've been discussing before the break and different ways in which people find humour, what makes them laugh. So does humour connect us or does it divide us? Okay, let's take a vote outside. How many of us watch particular talk shows? We've put ourselves in different categories by the by the kind of humor we like. Um, some people can't stand clowns. Others love clowns. Um, some people love making jokes at different genders. So it's purely personal. And um, are we talking about laughter and humor being able to bring us together? Definitely, it can bring you together. Not just as buddies, it could bring you together for life. Till death do you part, because you shared a joke. Sharing laughter, laughing together. I would go on to say, laughing is like, it's exposing myself a little bit. I'm letting the world know, I find this funny. I'm letting the world know that I am this sort of a guy. I'm letting the world know that I am part of this group that has this kind of joy and fun. But... If I go up to that group and become a Karen and that sort, then of course I'm also making a statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does laughing have to be a social activity? You know, <clears throat> you can also be watching um, a funny show by yourself uh, and laughing, right? So th- th- would the beneficial impact be different whether you're doing it alone or as a group with friends? Definitely different. Definitely different. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of comedy, stand-up comedians of different different natures and uh, because my daughters don't particularly like that. So I listen to it alone and I smile. <laughs> and I actually have the earbuds on and I go, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Good. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was a good one. You know, alone. But together when you're watching the films, you're laughing and saying, oh, you, that was so good, man. Funny. I like that bit. I like this bit. Yeah. And then... You walk out of the cinema and you find five other people, ten other people all talking about the same thing. Good one, huh? Really good one. Yes, it, it brings people together. Yep. Is somebody who laughs a lot necessarily a happier person, more, you know, mentally well-adjusted compared to somebody who seems more serious, we might call them? No, not necessarily. No, it's just that this person has learned to laugh and maybe learn to laugh quickly, 
learn to laugh freely, but it doesn't mean he is a happier person. It does not mean he is a positive person. There's a very nice story that um, I learned many, many years ago because I, I was always the center of attention as a little boy, you know, making people laugh and doing crazy, crazy things. And uh, my dad told me this, quest, this, this story. He said, there was a man who was very sad who went to see a psychiatrist. Um, his name was Bozo. So the psychiatrist heard him out, heard all his stories and said, listen, Bozo, I've got the perfect medicine for you. There's a circus in town. Please go and watch this clown called Bozo. Okay? It'll solve all your problems. The clown replied, to the, told the doctor, Doc, I am Bozo. It was taught to us, highlighted that we all have a front. We all have, have different problems. We don't have to walk around crying all the time because we're sad. But Bozo is a clown. He makes other people laugh. But he's got his own problems too. So just And just because you have your own problems and you walk around the university happy all the time, it doesn't mean you're sad. And if there's two conflict, it doesn't mean you're, you're, you're out of it either. Mm. But no, you're right. Very good. Very, very good point. Just because you're smiling all the time, don't think that the guy has got no problems. He's sad. He's, he's probably managing it differently. And it's um, culturally contextual also, right? Yes. And socially contextual. So definitely. Mm. And uh, at least in this part of the world... Uh, I'm not supposed to, no one told me that, but I've learned this. I'm not supposed to walk around sad. I'm supposed to walk around with at least a smile or at least a, a, a happy looking face because everybody will say, oh, you're Paul sad, uh, Paul sad, Paul sad, and the rumbles will start. But if I walk around, if I'm sad and I'm, I then start walking and laughing and joking and, you know, playing the fool, that, that's a problem there too. <laughs> you know? yeah. You're not regulating your emotions well enough. Yeah. Mm. That, that's interesting. Um, and we learn that, I suppose... Conformity. When, yes. When, yeah. we, when children are growing up... Must conform. Hey, he fell down, la, don't laugh. La. Yeah, yeah. No. Or, um, you know, we're somewhere serious. Uh, I don't know. La, maybe church, a religious, la. yes. Or, yeah, or in cemetery, city. famous. Yes. Cemetery, you, famous playground, yes. men's cemetery. Yeah. Um, we've all been scolded before, I think, <laughs> for laughing or playing in the cemetery. So, you know, um, speaking of... I guess children, laughter, playing, it all, that's part of childhood and growing it's up. It's part right? of the development of laughter too. Yes. <laughs> practicing, practicing. But we are also taught as we get older, conditioned um, yeah. that if something is important, it has to be serious or that we, we, we are somehow told to grow out of laughter. Why is that? Well, one is the, the, the environment you're in and it's, it's their culture. That's one thing. But if you're coming in raw, um, you, you either have to assimilate or reject that culture and move on. But it's all about assimilation into a culture. That's mm -hmm. why you have to um, you follow their rules. You follow their rules. Mm -hmm. um, but when I go to a social gathering and I hear children playing, children playing, I, I look at the children and I love it. And they're loud. They're invasive. <laughs> irritating other people's discussion, I look at them and say, wow, that's, that's happiness, man. Not a care in the world. Then sometimes in a serious situation, I see a child crying. What I see is someone telling the child, don't cry, don't cry. 
And the way they're telling the child not to cry is by impinging some kind of pain or something negative. You know, mm. tap, don't cry, smack, don't cry, don't cry. Now, I'm looking at the child and saying, the, the child is saying something. Expressing. The, the child is expressing something but doesn't know the words and things like that. But the child is saying something and that's the, exactly the same thing with laughter. The child is saying something. You see the child's face when you give them an ice cream or something nice. You see the, the face change. Then you add noise to that. Increase the volume and you'll see laughter. You may not hear laughter, but you might hear, mmm, yum. And this is all part of this. Please don't be mistaken that idea, this emotion we're talking about, laughter and, and humor, is only contained by these two words, you know. For us, we've got laughter, humor, we have hilarity, we have going berserk. All these words are culturally connotated as well. And there is a reason for it. Mm. There's a reason for it. And we all do it together. Do you find that we laugh less as we grow older? And is that a maybe a sad thing? Yes, I, I, I agree with you. It's not a scientific response, but I agree with you. I, I notice less old people laughing than young people. But middle-aged people, with a little bit of facilitation, you find that the, the, the volume is, is exacerbated. It's really loud because everyone's sharing the same value. But let's not be mistaken again to say we're too old to laugh. For me, my, my theory is I've got a bigger license to laugh now. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to laugh means I'm going to laugh appropriately. But I will laugh. And I have memories to laugh about. And I want to make other people laugh. And I really want to crack a joke. I don't go about making it. But the stand-up comedians and the professionals, they stand up and they write about things. But if you do it spontaneously and people burst out laughing, how nice, man. Mm. That's, that's bonding. That's bonding. And it's an expression of freedom, an expression of you've just thrown a firecracker of positivity into the into the into the room somewhere. Yeah, you're never too old to laugh. Mm. Um, how do you use laughter and humor in your line of work, Paul? You know, you hear about things like laughter therapy, yes. which is very prescriptive, maybe. Yes. I, I don't know. You you come across people who um, are going through various challenges and issues. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What I do deliberately, deliberately is it's not always talking about the issue at hand, but we often talk about so many other issues related. And I look for a twitch near the lip that changes and smiles a little bit. And that tells me a big story that tells me, okay, the muscle faces are working. Okay, the perception of something funny is there. And I start off with my preamble. Um, this happened, this happened, this happened. And then they laugh or they don't laugh. And that gives me a gauge as to how weighty they feel and how they're able to laugh. Mm. Now, there are clients of mine who actually come to me to crack two jokes. Yes, because of developing social skills. I see. They actually want to develop social skills and they're afraid to go to parties because if they stand there at the party, they don't know how to laugh at the joke. They don't understand the joke. So that we have to break down the joke as in, this is why, this is why, this is why. But yes, pe people use laughter in therapy. 
Mm. Yeah. And for ourselves on a daily basis, yeah. And I asked you, do you find that adults laugh less as we grow older, right? Because yeah. I find that, you know, if I'm trying to think of the last time I sat down with good friends and, you know, really laughed the way we did back in laugh. university. Sometimes I feel like I can't remember the last time I did that, you know. Okay. How how do I get more laughter in my <laughs> life, more humour? Uh, more fun. More, more fun. fun. I mean, yeah. you, the bigger umbrella we can choose is more liberating fun. Mm. Is um, Design it. Design it. You, you actually have to sit down and, and uh, prioritise it and design it. Um, you can design fun. Be the clown. Do not be afraid to be the clown. Plan it. Plan practical jokes. Wow, you, you, you can do so many things. Um, the, the good thing, Shawik, you did just now was... You know, Paul, when I look back and I think, uh, when was the last time I actually had a good sit-down laugh session? Mm. Uh, then choose. What do you want? Do you want, do you want to laugh at a good film? Uh, uh, is, is there something coming around? Or let's join a laugh therapy session, see if it works for you. Um, try anything. Mm. Yeah. Try anything. Um, there's a very famous researcher called Dr. Martin. That's the one. Very famous research, very good research. Um, and given the state of psychology in, in the world now, it's such a difficult topic. He has actually done some very good research, the best research so far, I would say. Um, they even have a free questionnaire, a scientific questionnaire. It's actually evidence-based. But unfortunately, he can only tell you what five or six different categories of the kind of laughter you have. Laughter but, or humor? Uh, humor. Mm. Mixed. It's got laughter involved in it as well. Mm. You know? <clears throat> and um, I would suggest that you look that up. Read read about laughter. Read jokes. You know, uh, I still watch cartoons. Look at the funny side of things. You know, people say that all the time, huh? Look at the funny side of things. Mm -hmm. It's not easy when you're sitting in a traffic jam and you're late. Mm -hmm. Yeah? But turn the, the radio on to something else. Have a tape that is all about jokes. Put that on. So that's the humor styles questionnaire or, or test. Yes. And it's so, quite recent. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> we'll put a link to it Please in our do. podcast. Yeah, you'll get the results too. The That's results right. are there. And it's really interesting to um, do a bit of self-reflection on your own style of humour. I don't think it's something we really think about very consciously. Yeah, um, and, and this one, I think the maximum marks per question is seven. Now, Whether you from, from totally disagree to... to, to, to agree. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah, seven. Now, don't try and score all seven, guys. And don't be worried if you score all, all ones. What you should be looking at is if the if the question says I laugh at least three times a day, um, and you put one, that means not exactly I disagree. All you have to do is to become aware of the fact that you laugh three times a day. Mm. So become aware of that emotion that you have, or you laugh all the time. I laugh in the office spontaneously and get scolded by by boss. Okay, if that's seven, you better go and talk to your boss about it. You know. How would you like to wrap up our discussion today, Paul? Any takeaways for our listeners? Yes. I, I'm, I'm not going to say learn to laugh, but those of you who, who can laugh and enjoy laughing, um, please laugh more with people. Laugh with one another. Laugh with other people and new people as well. It's great. So 
practice. Keep up the laughing, lah. All right. Thank you so much, Paul. Sama, sama. I've been speaking to consultant clinical psychologist Paul Jamunathan about laughter and humor, bringing more of that into our lives. Right here on Health and Living BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.